Hello, and welcome to a spooky edition of the Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host and commissioner, Patrick Polk, and I am here with gruesome, scary Gary, and abominable... Advanced Abby. I don't know. I only had one. <laughs> I was. Gonna, I wanted to be Ghouls Nelson. Ghouls Nelson. Yeah. What does that have to do with Abby? Got nothing to do with Abby. Just I. Well, I wanted to be Ghouls Nelson. Oh, ghoul, you wanted to be Ghouls. She could be scary. Sauntering soul. Anyway, That's hi. Uh, so hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey it Pat. Is being recorded. Uh close to halloween let's say let's let's say that close enough it's thanksgiving yeah and uh so hopefully i put it this episode out in a f- relatively timely fashion and it'll be topical when it's released what's new with you guys we live in pennsylvania that's true <laughs> that's true this is being recorded with our new advanced remote recording technology uh how do you guys feel do you feel like you're part of the future I do. I also feel like I'm recording with Deep Throat. Like, you're just sh- sh- in complete shadow, in all darkness. And uh, <laughs> it's like you're a little witness, protection person. Yeah, that's me. Well, and, and you <laughs> can tell when I click on stuff on my computer screen, because then my face gets lit up. So, hey, here's something. Oh, I know, I like it. Hi. It's adding to the spooky vibe, though, that you're mostly in darkness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, so my general plan... Oh, you know, I had... Abominable, scabby, heavy. But I felt that was too scabby. mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I figured, so we want to talk about scary movies. That's going to be the main bulk of this episode. Uh, but I wanted to talk about some other stuff first. Uh, first of all, reportedly, this is a fancy fantasy football podcast. So I was wondering if you guys had any thought, thoughts and feelings about fantasy football this year or specifically this week of the season anything do you have any any feelings any thoughts any dreams any prayers well i'm for sure trying to feel a complete team tomorrow that is a good goal of mine Mm -hmm. um since i did not do that last week and it hurt me um yeah well you're playing against megan murphy who has not fielded a complete team the past two weeks and has still (laughs) managed to win both of those weeks uh-oh. So, um, I don't know if, that's, if I should feel good about that or terrified because her team's doing really well. But I, I feel like um, it's been interesting just to look at the standings because I um, I don't know. I feel like we're not as divided yet as we normally are around this time, which is a very unscientific thing to say because that's based on nothing. This is not Abby's stats corner. But I, was, I feel like there's more ties right now than usual. Yeah, there's uh, five teams at four and two, and that's mm-hmm. the top record. So... It is anyone's game, including mine at one and five. Anybody <laughs> can win. Any, I don't know why that got such a laugh. You're um, in it, Pat. You're still in it. I know I am. So. Um, I'm having the opposite approach to football, taking the opposite approach. I'm going to try not to feel the full team just because I'm kind of too lazy to find a new kicker. Kicker is like the easiest thing in the world to replace. Yeah, it but takes, I don't, I mean, it's uh, better. Boswell, he's, he's so mediocre. I really just want to keep him. I feel so loyal. That doesn't make it make more sense, actually. Uh, that maybe makes it make less sense. Okay. 
The anyway, Nick Allswich man. I feel that's about an adequate uh, amount of fantasy football for this jam-packed episode of the Fantasy <laughs> Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, next, before we move on, I wanted to ask, uh, what, what sort of fun things are you guys doing for Halloween in general? What festivities are you partaking in? We're going to uh, some sort of party outdoor event tomorrow with um, Gary's co-worker who has an 18-month-old to make some baby friends um, that is in a graveyard in Philadelphia that advertises itself as a great place for weddings. So I have a lot of questions about Pennsylvania in general. Um, but there's some sort of Halloween party kids get dressed up things. We're doing that tomorrow. And then um, I made a new mom friend who um, her family is here from London and she is continually blown away by how excited Americans are about Halloween. And so she's insisting that we come trick or treat at her house, even if we don't go trick or treating anywhere else, which we probably won't because we have a baby and not someone who eats candy. Um, but we would probably will go show off to the British people a little bit. Excellent. Yeah. Do you guys have costumes? Hawthorne does for sure. Um, Gary, did you order masks for us or no? Turns out I didn't. I just didn't do it. I meant to. Found something on Etsy and just didn't click the button. So. Is it easier or harder than finding a replacement kicker in fantasy football? Oh, I'll tell you on Sunday. I liked that you were just like, have you seen those masks? And I was like, did you order them? And it turns out you didn't. So, no, I have not seen them. <laughs> well, you saw them on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's I saw yeah, a picture, I of picture Are you uh, vaguely familiar with the existence of these masks? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's about it how about you patrick any fun halloween things uh yeah, besides having an adorable costume yeah so we do have a theme family costume which most of the league has probably already seen at this point uh where we're doing some Pooh bear uh we're we're down to only two boo at the zoo trips up from three before uh <laughs> we're going to brookfield twice with different groups our, we did not manage to go to the Milwaukee Zoo for Boo at the Zoo, unfortunately. But uh, we're doing that. We did go to a pumpkin patch. We went to uh, a, an apple orchard. Um, and we went to a park in Milwaukee that was doing like a Halloween theme thing. But apparently, because the weather happened to be nice, it was way more popular than anticipated. And so they ran out of everything. Oh. So we didn't really do the Halloween stuff. But we were there, and kids were in costume, and it was cute. And that's where the pictures were from when we went to the park. Um, but, yeah, so we're doing stuff. We're doing stuff. And, more importantly, I watched a lot of scary movies. Yes. <laughs> and so have we. Not as many as you, but we've been that's we've been on a roll here as well. Excellent. Uh, uh, have you also know, been watching yours in VR? I want to know about that. I watched one movie in VR so far. I... It was a good experience. Uh, it is kind of a pain to drag it out, so I don't know how often I'll do it, but it was pretty fun, and I probably will do it again. So, okay, I'll start with that. Uh, so I, w I watched one movie, uh, one scary movie, The Invitation, on my PlayStation VR. And so when you watch a normal 2D movie in a VR headset, it is just like a projected screen. It looks like you're kind of in a movie theater. Like there's a very mm. big screen that's taking up most of your field of view, but it's like a little farther away. And because it tracks your head here, you can see my fingers. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, 
the the location of the screen is stationary so if you like moved your head then you know it stays put so if you like looked away you would be looking away at the screen even though you have the headset attached to your head um and the so it was a little bit more immersive than just watching it on a tv probably and it was definitely uh you know like you block out all the sound you block out all the light so it was, it was essentially kind of like seeing in a movie theater the quality of the visuals of the PlayStation VR headset itself is like a little it's worse than watching it on an HD TV because like there's like a screen door effect so it's like a little clunkier um and then the weird thing is so the PlayStation VR has you can put a headphone into a headphone jack on the control thing and mm-hmm. it has like a 3D processor for the audio so it's like 3D virtual surround and so when you're just like watching it looking straight forward, it's like kind of like you're got surround sound going on. But super weirdly, when you turn your head, it's like the surround sound is coming out of this the virtual screen. So like when I turned my head to the left, like all the sound was coming out of my right ear. And then when I turned my head to the right, all the sound was coming out of the left ear. So it was like a virtual 3D thing, but it was all sourced from in front of me weird it was super weird so that was a weird thing um also the last thing i'll say about it for now is that so specifically the movie i saw was the invitation and it's like a pretty low budget uh horror movie i mean it's it's well done but it wasn't um you know like super high budget and i think having headphones on kind of like may pointed out that some of the acting wasn't so good oh, that's <laughs> like i was i was keenly aware of all of the stuff so yeah so it was uh that was a little jarring and i would be more interested in watching like a blockbuster movie or something with like really good acting and really good sound quality and special effects and see how that goes in vr versus like a a modestly budgeted horror movie but uh yeah that was my experience i understand that you guys also watched the invitation we, we did. did. We watched it on the recommendation of one of my authors, actually, who is a a very kind of artistic fellow. And he, I think, likes that kind of, I feel like the, that whole movie was like relatively like, not, it wasn't grayscale, obviously, because it was in color, but it was all, it was like kind of monotone color and mm-hmm. set in a house and kind of contained in that way. And you don't know what to trust. And like, that is totally his jam. And so I, like the second it started, I was like, oh, I see already why he recommended this just because it was something that he liked. But um, yeah, we watched that one. Um, we watched it without knowing anything about it. We just kind of turned it on. I don't know what your experience on that was, Patrick. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it either. Um, I, I would, I'm a little offended that you said that you was on the recommendation of this mm-hmm. one person, and I also multiple friends recommended it. It was, you know, there's a WhatsApp chain, and I this was in the list of things that it's I mentioned. One of the ones. Sorry, Patrick. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I thought it was pretty good overall as well. I thought. I was distracted. The main character looks a lot like Tom Hardy. Yeah, he sure looked like Tom Hardy. Yeah. But he's not as good at acting as Tom Hardy. (laughs) No. No. He's a bad at acting Tom Hardy. So that was um, distracting, but it was fun. And the guy who played the uh, new boyfriend. Fiance, yeah. Mm -hmm. The fiance, or that guy. 
he um is in another thing we both watched uh haunting of, of the hill house Huisman. and he also is a b tier importance uh character in game of thrones uh which oh, i don't watch but he's dario the second dario on game of thrones so i recognized him kind of i didn't actually i wasn't sure if it was that guy but then saw seeing him two things back to back was like pretty weird i was like yeah Who is this guy he's everywhere um but yeah i All thought it was good Netflix. i would say made... oh, go ahead. sorry no go no, ahead i insist no i was gonna say that it was one that um i felt like my heart rate was up the entire time for like no reasons like it was um it takes a while to actually build to something and part of it's deal is i think you start questioning like who is the bad person here and like are we just gonna sit here and think that something's gonna happen and then nothing happens um like is that the twist of this movie and i thought that was interesting it was one of those where it was like I'm, i wonder if someone who doesn't watch a lot of scary movies would have liked it as much as i did because i also like i mean i didn't love it but i liked it and I think it was because it was like playing on a lot of my expectations of what happens in a scary movie um, and then not delivering on those in a very like kind of cool way. So I felt like I, I certainly remember watching that and feeling just like very ramped up the entire time, even though like literally nothing was happening. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Like one of the things I thought was like, yeah, it, it was unclear. And this is like possibly a spoiler. Speaking of which I should say this on tape for spoilers, we're going to try and avoid big spoilers, and I will um, have a description with timestamps in the description of this show. So if you want to avoid spoilers, look at that. But again, no big spoilers, but uh, maybe a small spoiler along the lines that Abby was saying is like, I liked how the main character for kind of like up until about like halfway through the movie he was very concerned about what was going on and no one else was. And they really kind of portrayed him as unstable. And then it was like, it was ambiguous if maybe they were going to resolve it, that he was completely crazy and nothing was wrong or if they were going to have terrible things happen. And I I liked that there was the uncertainty there. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. But again, he was bad at acting Tom Hardy. I feel like also all of the, I mean, not, I'm not going to do spoilers well, but the collection of random people. Common... The mouse is underneath my couch right now. I'm very sorry, but he just walked out from underneath the couch. God damn this mouse. <laughs> hey guys, I think you should catch that mouse. Have you thought of that? <gasps> okay, sorry. Please continue. He's not no, I just want me. I just want Abby's audio to be the only part of this podcast. <laughs> constant mouse fear and anger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're having this problem. We have a mouse who is smarter than every trap we can set for the mouse. So yeah, yeah. I keep thinking, okay. can we throw something at the mouse? Can we get a cat? How do you get it? How do you catch a mouse? Yeah, I think a cat. The, the mouse trap is supposed to be great. Like you can't really build a better one. We got like yet. six of them. <laughs> it looked like more than six from your yeah, snap. Yeah, we, got, it was we might have more than six. There okay, were a sorry. Lot of traps. We can talk about scary movies. I'm just living in one right now as real life. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally feel you. That mouse is saying hello. Mouse wants to talk about scary movies. The mouse is part of one. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the mouse is really living the scary movie because they live yes. in a death house with traps <laughs> all over it. They're like living the movie The Cube uh, in your <laughs> house. They're, and they're surviving. Yeah, exactly. But, well, they're the yeah. Yeah, they're the winners mm-hmm. of The Cube. So, uh, yeah. 
that's that's a drag. We had we had some mice and ho haven't seen any in a while, uh, so hopefully we're currently not having that problem. But we have had that problem in the past, so yeah, I do feel your pain. Bummer. It has been it has truly made for some exciting moving watching the movie watching because our TV like the main mouse when it's not apparently underneath my couch right now situation is in sort of the kitchen it comes out of the kitchen and into the dining room and that's sort of like inner peripheral vision if we're watching a movie on the tv and so especially watching haunting of hill house where you're like i'm not really sure what's gonna happen and there's like ghosts everywhere like we'll be watching it and there'll be like movement in our house yeah. in the corner of our eyes and we'll just, <laughs> our heart rates are just very high all the time so Excellent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's also yeah it's, it's trying to let you also live the fear that it experienced yeah it's really day-to-day -day basis yeah, it, yeah, this poor mouse, I guess, is trying to give us a taste. I just want it to die. Poor mouse. Yeah, Pat, don't make us empathize with this mouse. <laughs> I want to kill it. The mouse in the death trap that you have set mm -hmm. for it? That we've set for it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with my position in this uh, arrangement. Um, other thoughts on the invitation, Gary? Oh, I, um, I was going to dance around talking about people when not spoiling anything, but I'll just say that there were also some other bad actors. That's all I was going to say. Fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. There, they are yeah. some that aren't good. Uh, what are we talking about next? Uh, you guys, how about this? We'll skip. Uh, you guys recently watched or rewatched Interviews with a Vampire. Neither of us had ever seen Interview with a Vampire. Is it Interviews? Uh, I think it's oh, one single. Yeah, single because it's only yeah, yeah. It's based around the single interview with Brad Pitt as a Sorry. vampire. Spoiler. And Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah, and Christian Slater. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll just say off the, off the bat that I have seen it, but it was a long time ago, so I have almost no memory of it, and I was not really willing to rewatch it for the purposes of this podcast. So I'm going to heavily rely on you guys, and then I will share one tangentially related story uh, about it. So go. What do you have? What, what are your thoughts on Interview with a Vampire, which I have almost no memory of? Oh, well, it was very bad. We don't really need to talk about it for a long time. Um, it was tremendously bad. The score was really bad, and then we found out it was nominated for an Oscar, Gary, or it won. Multiple, multiple. Uh, I don't think it was. It may have won. Let me look. I just thought everything about it was very bad, and I don't know that that's tremendously surprising. But um, and it's not scary, so we don't really need to talk about that. But I just like is a bunch of gay vampires, <laughs> like hanging out all together. Um, but I always had it in my head. I'd always heard. I don't know from the general population, I guess, that it was, like, relatively good and, like, was a sort of a um, high-level movie that was very much worth a watch. And it was so campy and it was so over-the-top. I don't know. It was very bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was just bad. Oh, it was atrocious. Yeah, I feel like its reputation is, like, of an artsy horror movie that was yeah. well, well regarded at the time that it came out. Um I wouldn't it just be made surprised. it feel the 90s feel a very long time ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other way that this the 90s felt feel like a really long time ago is the number of awards this movie won. This was a time when MTV Movie Awards was doing was prominent and they were handing out awards for anything. So Brad Pitt won for Best Male Performance. Kirsten Dunst won for Best Breakthrough Performance. Uh, Brad Pitt won for Most Desirable Male which was a category. Oh, also, uh, Tom Cruise was nominated for Most Desirable Male. Christian Slater was nominated for Most Desirable Male. <laughs> was there I anyone know, from mean... any other movie nominated for Most so. Desirable Male? Uh, Tom Cruise was also nominated for Best Villain, so he's the Most Desirable Male Villain. I really, I'm glad about that. 
uh, Blockbuster movie was also doing a whole series of awards at that point in time. Oh, no. And this one for uh, favorite actor, mystery thriller on video for Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Wait, can you please say the whole category again? <laughs> yes, sorry. Uh, the 1995, uh, I'm assuming, presentation of the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. The Blockbuster Entertainment Award for favorite actor in mystery slash thriller on video category was Tom Cruise. He won. What other congratulations media did Blockbuster award besides videos? Let's see. Oh, on video, um, theatrical. So they awarded uh, it like not the year it was in theaters, but the year it came out on. I VHS. think that's true. On video, yeah. When you could rent it at Blockbuster. That's... They also had, let's see, favorite actress in suspense, uh, favorite pop female. I don't know what that means. Favorite male newcomer on video, comma, uh, Jim Carrey for Ace Ventura. Favorite female artist, that's different from pop female. Uh, favorite actress of action and adventure. Favorite actor of mystery thriller, theatrical. Wow, this is bad. Yeah. Guys, the 90s were rough. I agree. I agree. That is, uh, that is hilarious. And I like... So then you age into the on-video suite of <laughs> nominations uh, for the Blockbuster Awards. And so you you had your run with the theater awards, maybe didn't do so well. And then the next year you're the, in the on-video categories. That's silly. It's real silly. Oh, okay. It, it did pretty well, according to um, the BAFTAs, the uh, Award Circuit Community Awards. That seems weird. Blockbuster Entertainment, the Boston Society of Film Critics Awards. British Society of Cinematographers. Oh, I just three, like this. I, this this list of awards is, I guess, is the impression that I went into the movie with, and I thought it would be like a slightly dated but like worthwhile watch. I didn't think it'd be scary, of course, and it was just like so tremendously campy. Um, yeah. And I have read Mildly some Anne Rice, but I haven't read that. Oh yeah, it was a little racist for sure. And yes. um, man, were those vampires just like really gay? They, and which is, you know their choice and, so. and you, I think you get, you get there by being a vampire so there's a whole scene in which um Fady Newton who is an actress uh was playing a slave who came to Brad Pitt and complained about that he hadn't come to her quarters in a long time because he'd become a vampire which just upsets me on so many levels not a good movie yeah, not a good movie I don't recommend it uh as I said I don't remember watching it very well at all i saw it like maybe kind of shortly after it came out to rent uh like back in the 90s but what i do remember is that i rented the snes video game interview with a vampire oh my gosh guys uh pat here i have an incredibly embarrassing correction to make i have spent many years misremembering that i played interview with a vampire on snes in editing this podcast, I tried to find some footage of this game, and I realized I have never played Interview with a Vampire on SNES because that game does not exist. I, in fact, played an equally terrible, because I remember playing it, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula on SNES. That makes a lot more sense as a concept for a video game, but... And it was still a terrible game, but I'm very embarrassed that I thought mistakenly that it was actually Interview with a Vampire. So this entire anecdote that you're about to hear is much less funny, and I apologize, but you still get to listen to it. Enjoy. Bye. And it was literally the worst 
video game rental experience Why I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. What even happens? You just walk around kissing other vampires? So, so <laughs> with a curly collar. So yeah, it was like all like you know, very dark and brooding, and like a side-scrolling action adventure game, as far as I can tell. But it was so awful. It like the controls were bad, and there was like if it was an action game, there's like no action. And I played it for like literally like half an hour and it was terrible. And I literally started crying <laughs> and I, this is the only time I've ever done this in my life, but I took it back to the rental place and asked for my money back because I <laughs> didn't want to like keep it for two days. I like returned it like an hour later and they gave me a refund and it was the worst game I've ever rented. That's oh, my man. interview with the vampire story. Do not play the SNES game. Is there is there a stage in which like you have to drink dead blood and that causes everything to be horrible and trippy? Because that I, seems to be the crux of the movie. Sorry, spoilers, guys. Probably there is. I did not get very far in the game because it was so unbearable was so and terrible. Right. I've played a right. lot of bad, especially when I was a kid. I played a lot of very bad NES and Super NES games, and this one was intolerably bad. So it made you cry. It made me cry. cry. I cried. Was it also because you had to wake up one morning in your slave's quarters? Yeah, probably. I just don't even know what happened. It was so bad. I'm so unsatisfied. We, I bet um, because everything. I bet there's a like video gameplay videos of this on YouTube, and B there's probably like a. a Interview with a Vampire SNES speedrun record, and you could probably watch someone who spent <laughs> thousands of hours perfecting this game so they could beat it in 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> available somewhere on the internet, so I I challenge the listeners to try and find the most obscure uh, interview with a vampire gameplay footage on the internet and enjoy how terrible this game is, and prove me wrong. That's what I say. Who? Anyway, that was that. Let's move on to another movie that had its flaws that we've both seen, <laughs> mm-hmm. shall we? I, my understanding, we haven't discussed these movies too much, so I don't have a detailed understanding of your view, but uh, Annihilation, I believe you no. didn't love. Is that, that is correct, yes. So tell me your thoughts on the movie Annihilation. Well, we were just talking about it in the car today, again, to remind, because we watched that a little bit ago. It was not in the most recent run of scary movies, but... Um, it too was one that I had been told was very scary and I did not find it to be very scary. Um, and then I was completely underwhelmed by the visual effects in it, which is also something that was supposed to be a big deal in that movie, I think. And we of course watched it at home. So maybe I would feel differently if it was on screen. Um, but I thought they did some of the stuff fine, but then just like the stuff that was CGI'd, and there's a lot of really trippy stuff in this sci-fi movie where, you know, things get mutated and stuff starts growing strangely and stuff. But I thought a lot of the CGI was very, like, that kind of painfully obvious CGI and some of just, like, the set dressing in the forest, some of the nature stuff was just looked like they took, like, here is a cloth flower that I have pasted <laughs> upon this tree. Um, so I was disappointed in that, too. And then I thought, like, very partially possibly I didn't understand the ending maybe and that always bothers me I don't know I thought it was just kind of strange I thought it was a strange one it was really strange I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that it's the first in a trilogy of novels I'm not really sure where you go after you've gone into the uh the shimmer but uh strange it was real strange well, yeah, so I I also didn't love it. I think I might have liked it a little bit more than you guys, but not a, not a lot. 
and I thought it was like a cool premise um, that was did not fully realize its potential. I thought definitely I knew I agree that the effects were cheesy looking, but I kind of just wrote that off as it being like not a blockbuster budget movie, and so they just were doing things on a budget. Um, so like I thought some of the designs of the creations were kind mm -hmm. of cool in some ways, but I thought the ending was very dumb and ruined my enjoyment of the movie because it was so dumb and lame, which is a common theme of some of these movies that I'm going to be yeah, discussing. Yeah, and I think I, it is <laughs> the, a hard thing to pull off in a horror movie or science fiction. Um, that one kind of straddles the line, I guess. But like a lot of times there is a really cool idea and then some of the builds to the climax of the thing can be kind of cool because you're like, oh man, that's really trippy. Like, how is it all going to come together? Um, and for sure in that one, it was like, this is how it's coming together. I'm not sure. So agreed. I think I think the idea and like some of the lost time that happened in there in the shimmer and um, some of the mutation stuff had the potential to be sort of scarier and weirder than it was. And then, um, yeah, I think certainly my takeaway from the whole film is colored by that ending which i did not like mm -hmm. yeah going back to things that i am critical of the ending mm -hmm. for i thought this was a way better movie uh but i still thought the ending was dumb for a quiet place uh abby you yes. have seen it and gary mm -hmm. you have not I, have not I saw it with you patrick even mm -hmm. yes uh and so what did you think of it? I generally liked it. Um, I was glad to see it in the theater because it is a cool experience to have. Like the quiet part of it was very neat and it made me, again, high heart rate <laughs> as I was stressing out about. In particular, you guys, there is a baby in that film and you cannot keep babies quiet and they're playing for that just like as a relatively new mom yet when that movie came out um, was high stress unrelated to some of the horror of the film um but yeah I, I generally liked it and as we are in a more kind of rural part of the country it has been interesting how much i have thought about it since moving to pennsylvania um and i don't know if that is a good or bad thing You're expecting some unkillable alien predator well, monsters I know. To and now i know invade. a way to kill them <laughs> a little bit so yeah <laughs> so yeah the ending reveals a vulnerability of these like heretofore unkillable yes. monsters and i just thought it was the dumbest vulnerability it's sort of like signs yes. where it's yes. like water kills them it's like hey these things uh they have a very obvious weakness that maybe should have been discovered before almost the whole human race yes. was destroyed yeah. agreed and particularly in the context of the movie as well even if uh, like the world as a whole could not figure that out. There is a character in the movie who sure figured it out before another character died. And that like, I feel like that a death happened that definitely didn't need to happen. That I find to be very silly. That was adding to the silliness of the end of that film. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was good and it was tense. I would say, yeah, it was more like suspenseful yes. than yeah. horror and it was consistently tense. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was well done. Interestingly, even though I don't think it was, it wasn't exactly scary, but it did keep you tense. Um, my coworker Annie, who likes horror movies, like said she could not handle that movie, and she has kind of a thing with aliens, mm. I think. But I just think it's interesting different people's like sensitivities to different genres and subgenres. Like that is 
that is bad, but she is obsessed with the Halloween movies. Oh yeah, that's a, that yeah, like, that's an interesting one about like because I, I would say see that though yeah. I can get that because as a kid I used to really like the scary alien creature movies because I was like that's that's made up that's fake but like scary people murdering you those are real. Mm-hmm. So that scared oh, you more. Wow. That scared me more. Yeah. But that's funny because I think I would like someone who was like I don't like scary movies I might still recommend A Quiet Place as like by saying like it, it's just really tense but i don't know that you'd be like terrified scared but it turns out that is bad advice depending on the person so yeah it really is individualized are they scary aliens here's they, one that uh, I've, have, like, i'm very excited to talk what, about do they have tentacles do the aliens have tentacles they're like aliens can you welcome to earth them give them a, give them a good punch welcome to... i don't think communicating with them oh really that's right they'll just you they they just like tear through everything including like metal they just they are very strong and very difficult to kill so you cannot taunt them you will die scary but um, good, good scary point. movies good point. i think a movie that was legitimately scary i want to talk oh, about God. hereditary we just <laughs> listeners gary and i just watched this like we finished watching it an hour before this podcast so I, we haven't talked Fresh about it at all. I'm really excited to hear what you guys thought. Yeah, what'd you guys think? Did you love it? Did you like it so much? Was it so good? It was the best movie ever. No, it was like modern day worst Rosemary's Baby. Heavy Rosemary's Baby vibe, for sure. Yeah. Um, some stuff was really cool in it. There was some cool stuff. I thought like creepy miniatures were creepy. Um, it has an interesting slow burn that it goes from intense to slower to stupid intense again at the end. <laughs> so it really built it really yeah. grows to some scary times um uh, you loved it patrick i didn't love yeah. it but i liked it i i said so it has been hyped a lot of people were like you know best scary movie in years this that and the other like it got a lot of praise and i thought that it was a little bit overrated by that category mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. praise but i thought it was a well done scary movie it was obviously very graphic and and visually disturbing and so i said that i put it like in the vein of the first conjuring as far as it just solid scary movie that is consistently has good scares and it's just like solidly executed but not to the uh level that people claimed that it was um and obviously you guys are saying that it is significantly below i am i just feel like the premise it it never tells you what it is or should be and just left me confused and feeling really sad for that actress the young actress they put her in that movie and make her make tongue tongue clicks the young actress oh, um gary mm-hmm. found out was matilda on broadway, on broadway. which is like a different vibe for sure <laughs> a very can do happy vibe um yeah i think interestingly watching kind of like a a wide variety of scary movies relatively close to each other i think i like the experience of watching a scary movie more like the conjuring or like haunting at hill house um that is kind of i don't know i that's i was gonna say atmospheric throughout as well as having some like scary visuals and jump scares and stuff um but hereditary for sure was atmospheric throughout just um a bleaker atmosphere it had it had the atmosphere of the witch 
but with a better payoff in terms of actual scary stuff, um, I think. Yeah, I would say that's fair. I So comparing it to Rosemary's Baby, obviously the general plot is similar to Rosemary's Baby to, you know, give, I guess, spoilers. But I thought I hated <laughs> Rosemary's Baby and I really liked Hereditary Fairmount. I thought like in general, a lot of 70s horror movies did not uh-huh. age well in my mind and their, their nonsense. And I like Rosemary's Baby just like it was just like it didn't make sense it was very i I don't know it was its reputation is that it is good and creepy and well done and like you know mold shattering in some ways whereas i thought the story of hereditary was like so much more straightforward and just again like a straightforward scary movie in my mind i don't know i didn't think it was as nearly as weird uh or incomprehensible or i don't know like Jarring is the wrong word because obviously a lot of the things that happen in hereditary <laughs> are, at, to say the least, jarring. Uh, but like, it it wasn't just a weird movie like Rosemary's Baby is in my mind. It was just like a weird movie that wasn't that well done and didn't pay off. Whereas Hereditary is a scary movie that has creepy, weird stuff, but did pay off. I, mean, I, had, I think I had some. I liked it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gary. Oh no, no, please. I was gonna say I think I. I like the comparison to Rosemary's Baby because I think there was a similar sort of broad brushing of like, and this is why the scary stuff is happening and we're not really going to explain it. Like I under, I'm able, I'm able to comprehend, I guess what is happening, but like I maybe prefer things where we get more of the lore. And like, I think I would have liked more than just like a couple pictures, for example, at the end of Hereditary that sort of, explain some of what's happening um again i think rosemary's baby felt like that to me that they're just like oh yeah devil worship Uh uh-huh that's why this is happening (laughs) like don't worry about it it's just going to be weird for a little bit because of that so i think um i i think hereditary is a better movie than rosemary's baby but i think it feels similar to me because i of certainly content but then i i similarly was like i mean i guess I guess I understand what you're doing and why a lot of creepy shit is happening right now. Um, but I don't know that you fully ever explained it to me, which isn't its job. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, to me, it was yeah, like I want my horror movies to fit in a subgenre. I want to know if it's going to be a cult movie, a possession movie, a demon movie, like you're going insane or I don't know other. And I feel like this sort of blended through all of them in a way that made me feel not not expect what was happening but not pleasantly um uh, i don't know if that makes sense maybe some of the blending is maybe why like, people liked it maybe like it yeah mm-hmm. I, it. I thought it explained it like again for instance way better than rosemary's baby explained itself like i thought it was adequately explained for what it was doing i don't know i didn't feel like i was owed further answers by the end of the movie personally why the hell is that girl so weird? Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> she feels really weird. Um, it did. So weird. It really. I was like, this is a pretty quiet film. Like, there's some, you know, there's one immediate thing that happens that's pretty spooky, and then it just was so quiet. And then, sure, stop being quiet, Pat. Sure, stop being quiet. <laughs> it, it, it ends with it a bang. Does. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a couple of visuals that definitely. Yeah, stuck no with kidding. Me. Say that. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, yeah well anyway sorry you guys didn't like it i hope 
You don't feel oh, that no, it's no, no, no. I mean, I'm going to blame this on Abby's author friend, not on Pat. <laughs> we only watched that because my author friend recommended just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I will say, so there's a few that I w- wanted to briefly mention uh, that I have seen that you guys haven't yet. Um, some are not worth discussing at length. Like I would say the original Suspiria. If your friend likes... <laughs> monochromatic things that are set entirely in one building uh maybe suspiria 1977 is the movie for him because it's uh got a lot of like red and blue and green and it all takes place in a weird dance school and i did not like it at all (laughs) but i hope that the new one is better uh killing of the sacred deer very creepy uh by the same guy who did the lobster Uh, but and and it was similarly like stilted and awkward but it was stilted and awkward in a thriller movie as opposed to stilted and awkward in like Romance. a <laughs> black romantic comedy do, is it do you uh, think that's more it's th- more thriller than horror like more just kind of tense than scary or is it scary i would say it's thriller okay. more i mean it's it, it yeah i'd say thriller uh we are still here is a low budget haunting movie which is okay uh, but the one I wanted to talk about, because I liked it a lot, was It, mm-hmm. the new It, 2017 It. Uh, I thought it was super good. Um, the best. Had you part, seen the old It? I did, but I don't remember it very well. Um, and I definitely, I feel like it's possible that I only saw the first volume of the mm. earlier It when they were kids and not when they were adults. And so this movie is just when they're kids. And so... I didn't remember the stuff from adulthood, but I remember some of the kids stuff from them from the miniseries from back in the day. And so this one is when they're kids. And I thought it was very good. Um, I, th- I liked the kids a ton and their, the vibes that they had, like their camaraderie. And it, if you ignore the like 30% of the movie that involves like demon clowns, it felt like, like a Spielberg movie about like eighties nostalgia. Like they're like, <laughs> kiddos having a good time hanging out teasing each other like having like stereotypical kid fears of like going into the basement and it was like so much like like et or something like that but then it just got like hard horror with like violence and graphic stuff going on um but i liked the fact that they blended those two things and i thought it was good uh the kids are good and cute and stuff, but they swore a ton, which was very jarring to me. They're like so little, and they said the f word a lot. And I was like, oh, these little kids. Um, but it was good, so I liked it. Don't you re- sometimes wonder about because um, Haunting of Hill House has some really cute kids in it too, and um, I'm very appreciative of them because I feel like they do a good job in the film. But I'm kind of like, what parent? I don't know, like... Unless you do this. Like, yeah, exactly, like, like the like conversation that the, the parent has to have of... The parent of these actors has to have about, like, them just, like, swearing a ton and then being in, like, a very scary movie and have to do really scary stuff. And, like, how do you... I don't know how you handle that with a, a child actor. And I know it isn't that, like, Linda Blair from The Exorcist maybe, like, had problems after because of the film and... I just think there's lots to weigh there. Not that Hawthorne's going to grow up to be a child actor, I don't believe, but yeah, I, we'd have I, to have a serious discussion. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a. It is a thing that occurred to me too. Is like, man, it like seems very traumatizing to be in this movie, <laughs> like <Right? laughs> as an actor, not as a person experiencing this movie for real, but just acting in it sounds like a lot for a young kid. 
Um, one of the kids from Stranger Things was one of the main characters. Oh. He's, he's famous and cute. And it's just like, I don't know, they're just cute little kids. But then it's like blood spewing everywhere and right. you know, all this crazy <laughs> stuff. It's like, man, that sounds rough. But yeah, it was good. Uh, the other, the last thing that I wanted to talk about that I've been watching that you guys haven't is the new season of American Horror Story, American Horror Story Apocalypse. Um, Jen and I have been watching it. And Jen and I consistently try to watch American Horror Story. And many of the seasons we've given up part, part of the way through because we like the idea of it, and but then think that it is actually terrible. And so we just keep giving it chance after chance after chance. And we think this season might be okay. Uh, That's what the internet tells me as I spend time on Twitter is that people feel like maybe Ryan Murphy like sort of has it together this time and is like delivering on the premise instead of just like setting up a cool premise and then bailing or going off in his Ryan Murphy tangents. Yeah. I feel like the biggest problem that he generally has is like editing himself. And, Mm -hmm. and so like a lot of them, it starts with a cool premise, but then he's like, and what if also aliens and what if also (laughs) zombies and what if also demons? And he just adds in everything. And I think the fact that this is explicitly a crossover between two prior seasons He's like restrained by the premise itself. And I think that is serving him well and it is better because of it. It's still like creepy and graphic and weird. And there's some things that are annoying about it, but I, I like it better than other seasons. And also the other thing I want to say is that we, Jen and I have watched all the way through the seasons that this is a crossover of, and we did not remember nearly enough. Like they are, it was real subtle at the beginning and apparently it was for the hardcore fans uh, to like even I was like allegedly this is a cross between this and that and like we didn't remember anything that was relevant <laughs> and it finally got very uh, straightforward with that stuff later on in the season but uh, it was very subtle at first and we felt silly and it apparently is only targeted at the extremely hardcore but anyway it's it's pretty good definitely better than other seasons. So that's the last one I want to talk about. So why is Jen not watching The Haunting of Hill House if she's watching all of the American Horror Stories? Yeah, that is another interesting thing about people drawing lines with things that they are okay <laughs> watching versus things they aren't okay watching. Jen has steadfastly refused to watch any of the stuff that I've been watching alone in preparation for this podcast. She wouldn't watch It. She wouldn't watch Suspiria or The Invitation or We Are Still Here uh certainly wouldn't watch hereditary uh but she's like cool with american horror story and like again my coworker annie is like i watched like an episode and i couldn't handle it but she like loves horror movies and so some people can do it and she's wow. she's okay with she's more okay with scary shows than movies and i think it is because of perception of like how far they are able to go in the scariness factor yeah and i agree that a poc- like american horror story can't go as far as a dedicated horror movie but it gets pretty graphic and pretty scary um so i have not watched american horror story ever but well i haven't watched a full american horror story ever i've watched like the first three episodes of the first season i think which is murder Murder house House. yeah um and it was and i like scary stuff i was alone at the time i think you were out of town gary so that didn't help me because i am kind of a wuss um I like scary things, but I also like to have like a blanket and a Gary. Um, and a mouse. And a, and a mouse. Ideally also a mouse, just ramping up the tension. Um, but it was sort of too, I don't know, it's, it's too gross for me, maybe. So like it was scary and then it just like, it is just, it's the kind of, it's just gross scary. 
Um, you, I think you were, you told me that you stopped watching because of someone in a gimp suit. Yeah, and like, you know, that was just like sort of part of it. I don't know. And so like stuff I liked about it was I was intrigued. I love the idea of a haunted house. Like I'm intrigued by families moving into haunted houses and stuff that happens to them there. But like, I'm, I can do scary and like, maybe I can do blood, but I don't like to do like creepy sexual violence uh, yeah I, I guess i don't know and there's i don't know and like i just like always the the american horror story like posters and little like teasers that they do are just like he they're just it's just kind of gross which i think can be really cool um but maybe isn't my jam turns out i agree and it goes too far in that direction a lot of the time and like the seasons that we haven't even been able to finish is partially because of that like they he always i i feel like that is a flaw in every season and especially the seasons that we didn't finish like we didn't finish the freak show yeah season is like uh yeah circus freak show um the hotel season we didn't finish um and then the cult season we didn't finish and all yeah it's just all every season is gross uh somewhere worse than others this one uh, one of the seasons it's crossing over is murder house and let me tell you that gimp suit guy Real important. Sure, that's it. So, no. I, I failed. I made the right choice. Yeah. I wasn't going to get less gimpy. Yeah. So. No, it's so weird. I don't know. It's like, and you, you better remember, like, that guy's, like, personal biography, <laughs> like, oh, provenance, God. or else you'll have no idea what's going on at the beginning of the newest season. It's ridiculous. That's insane. It is insane. Well, I hope that uh, the rest of our topic, which is going to be all about Pony Hill House, will teach Jen that she needs to pick it up. Yeah, maybe she will. Uh, I haven't even broached the subject because it has been like explicitly a, a pat project to be watching this <laughs> stuff. And I think this is tra- it's possible that she uh, would join me. I will say, let's talk about Haunting of Hill House. I have only seen like 2.75 episodes out of eight or 10. 10. 10. So I, you know, I had a very uh, full plate of horror. And so I <laughs> tried to catch what I could. Um, and I, so I wasn't able to get too far into it, but I, I do like it so far, but I, I can't speak with too much authority, but, uh, it seems less scary and more doable for Jen than some of the other stuff on this list. Tell me, tell me why you guys like it. Um, I was, I was giving some pause in case Gary wanted to jump in, but I really liked it. So I will just go ahead and go for it. I also will say, Jen, as you were listening to this, I think it is very good and very worth watching and I think it ramps up the scary and then sort of ramps it back down a little bit. So um, I think it is a slow build to some, there's some real scary stuff in it. Um, but I think it's also just kind of like low level creepy the entire time. And surprisingly tells just like a really tremendous, interesting story. Um, we finished that yesterday. We watched the last two episodes and I'm very intrigued to talk to any um listeners to the pod or patrick when you finish like i'm very interested to talk to people as you finish um because i overall really liked it and i'm not convinced that i loved the last episode um but i really liked it so i just it i think it's doing a very cool thing of um has dual timelines of this one family um which makes it complicated at first because they all look exactly the same as adults and children (laughs) and so as you're figuring out who's who that's very tricky Um, but I think just the way it's telling the story is very cool and kind of looking at it just narratively, I was way into it. And then, um, the scary stuff, it is just like a really good kind of ghost story, scary. Um, like there are just, there are a shit ton of ghosts and it's very cool. And a lot of the, 
um, homage that they pay to Shirley Jackson and her kind of whole list of books and in particular um, The Haunting of Hill House that the book that the movie is exceptionally loosely based on um, <laughs> but I think they took great liberty with the story and then sort of gave many nods to Shirley Jackson by um, putting stuff in like one of the daughter's names is Shirley and that's just because of Shirley Jackson and there's things from like we have always lived in the castle and just very cool layered stuff um, kind of relating back to the book, which of course I appreciate. So I was way into it and I got more into it. And I think my favorite episode was, I believe, episode six, which was the two storms episode. So I'm excited to talk to people about it when you watch it, because everyone should watch it. Yeah, I feel like unlike Hysteria, sorry, not Hysteria. Hysteria and Hereditary. Unlike Hereditary, I feel like it it delivers immediately on what the the story's about. You get a really, really good scare and also the premise just set up perfectly. And then it just blows it all up and you dive into multiple timelines. You spend a little bit of time with each character. Um, I also really like that I feel as though we've shifted a little bit in our horror genres from external possessors and demons to like internal conflict and maybe even mental illness a little bit more. And I really like that as this, you know, no, no spoilers, but as it goes along, uh, it becomes a much more internal family struggle, which- Or does it. Or does it. Oh yeah, it's good. there you go. It's still a bad house. Um, maybe just delete all that part from the pod. Maybe don't tell anybody. But <laughs> yeah. I do like that. I feel like it's something- it, That's not a spoiler, like generally. Guys. I think it's just like, no. it's an interesting point of contention on either side, so. Yeah. I also think that they play with your expectations of horror movies in a really nice way. Um, they use like every different kind of jump scare you can imagine and then throw in some extra ones, which I think are worth it. Um, I will also really note good. that the, the especially beginning half of this really scared Gary a lot. So oh, I yeah, don't think, I think it is, it certainly is a scary thing and there are jump scares and it's creepy and scary um i was like "Ooh, this is creepy but more like interesting like the story is just like very cool i <laughs> think gary was sitting here being terrified so sorry gary i just don't want to walk around in my house at, in, at night anymore so does it help if a mouse might jump out at you <laughs> at any time yeah that does help what does not help is getting my cell phone out to have to like turn on a flashlight and walk around to make sure that there's nothing there mm. yeah that's where i am in my life right now um, but Patrick, it's, I'm positive that you know this, but it is, um, it was created by the guy who did that Oculus movie that we watched of, of the mirrors. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. a creepy movie that we watched that is mm-hmm. also on Netflix, I think, or at least it was. It was, yeah. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mark, right before we did this, we're on first name basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did Gerald's Game, which came out last year, and it has Carla Gugino and then also Kate Siegel, who plays Theo. And that Abby should probably be the next thing you watch. It's supposed to be very good. Oh, I read that book. No? Oh, you did? All right, never mind. <laughs> she made a face. It's going to veer onto the um, gross, I think. So. Oh, okay. All right, never mind. You're welcome to watch it. <laughs> is there a gimp suit involved? Not a gimp suit. There is okay. kinky sex involved that goes Can away. Can I kill an alien with water? No aliens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Based on a Stephen King book, this Gerald's game. Oh, no. Um, what are your thoughts, Patrick, of the first episodes? Um, I th- compared to the other stuff, 
discussed. It is not that scary, I think. Yeah. Uh, it is like for the first three episodes, there's like two scary things per episode or something. I don't know. It is it is pretty slow. So it's interesting to hear that the first half was a scary half to Gary. <laughs> I know. Agreed. Scary I agree. Gary. <laughs> I'm curious if you do decide to finish it, I'm just like very interested to talk to you if you watch the rest of it because um I'm wondering how much it just is like doing everything that I like in scary movies, but if it won't deliver for you or if it does as it ramps up, if it delivers some of the stuff that you like too, or yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I mentioned this to you guys when we were talking about it um before we recorded, but like I d- so I have been staying up too late watching stuff. And Lily has been waking up a little earlier than normal. So I've been like extra sleep deprived because of this project. And so I watched the first episode at like midnight when I was tired. And it was very confusing to to me at the time because there are so many characters in the two timelines. Uh, I was totally fine watching this episode, second episode. And I, I understand who each of the characters are. Um, but it, it was, it does, it is more structurally complex than you might be expecting so it does require your attention uh right at the beginning as a warning i thus far don't love the two timelines i hope mm-hmm. that it uh pays off well and it sounds like it does based on you liking it so much and, and thinking you know that it's very good for a whole season like i think it's fine that it does it i don't think it adds that much so far and I particularly think that the cheesy edits between timelines when they're like zooming in on coffee mug and then it's like, oh, in their childhood, they picked up a coffee mug. Now we cut to the childhood. <laughs> like they do that yeah. every time. Yeah, I'm not I, sure that that gets better. <laughs> it's kind um, of annoying. Yeah. Uh, I think they downplay it later on. There are definitely some pieces that they just focus on too much and you get beaten over the head a little bit with some of the specific items and memories, but... I think that gets better. It felt stuff like that makes me feel like, I don't know. Don't you always wonder like what the, some editor was like, no, the, like the, the audience isn't going to understand. Like they're not going to know that we've jumped timelines unless we like (laughs) add that tag in here, like really zoom in on that cup or like, there's a few things that happen in this in particular that I think it would have been better if they could have pulled back on the like pandering to the audience a little bit stuff and some of the yeah I, I agree there's some cheesiness and that's um I think what I'm wrestling with about the final episode as well a little bit some of that of uh, just like did they give us you talking about how I didn't think hereditary gave us enough explanation I wonder if Hill House gave us I don't know too much sometimes mm. I would like to also remind all of us that um another version that is an interpretation of haunting of the house was the haunting um mm. starring Owen Wilson and um Liam Jones. So bad. Catherine Zeta Jones yeah. is Theodora. Just you yeah. know, to put things in context a little bit of this one. Um so uh-huh. <laughs> it was the worst, but it's so bad. Yeah. It's terrible. It's exceptionally terrible. cheesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say so far I like it. I don't love it. I probably will finish it. Maybe I'll try and convince Jen to watch it. I don't think it's that scary, and maybe Jen would be able to tolerate it. Um, I think although like ghost stuff is more creepy to her. So might, that might be an area of sensitivity maybe. Um, but yeah, I would like it to be scarier than it is. And I would like it to at least more 
obviously have a payoff for its needless complexity in its structure, um, mm. which maybe it will ultimately provide, but is not thus far. It's, it's not like drawing me in with the two mm. timelines. Mm -hmm. It's just a thing that it's doing over and over again. So we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Keep watching it. Do it. Keep watching. Yeah. I mean, it's relatively minimal uh, commitment. Yeah. Jenny, you should watch it too. It's good. All right. Everyone should watch it. I liked it. I want to talk to more people about it. Word. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? Anything else you guys want to talk about movie wise or mouse wise or football? -wise? I mean, the mouse update is that the mouse left under the couch ran past two traps and is back in the kitchen so such a relaxing mm -hmm. yeah. oh uh patrick we watched evil genius on netflix i don't know if you've seen that it's a documentary i think i've heard no. the name but i don't think i've seen it what is the like one of the um true crime documentary things that it's doing about a like pizza parlor hold up yeah uh bank, bank robbery, robbery with a pizza delivery person and possibly needless complicated homicide. Hmm. No, I have not seen it. Is it good? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. It doesn't, I don't think it fully delivers in the end, but it's all based in reality as well. So any confusion just makes you feel like, why are people the way they are? Oh yeah, it really bummed me out. I would be yeah, honest. Like yeah, it was interesting, um, but it really bummed me out about people. Yeah, mm -hmm. worth it. It's better than The Staircase, which we also watched. Speaking of <laughs> also true crime. <laughs> Documentaries, but, not, yeah. not a ringing endorsement, uh, but I'll no, no. I did realize that uh, Evil Genius is based in Erie, Pennsylvania, so it felt like a really great, you know, <laughs> just be happy about where you're moving, guys. There you People go. Hold up, pizza parlors. Maybe we can start a a session on the pod, a little sidebar on the pod that's just like me complaining about a Pennsylvania thing every time. Sure. What do you got? Time. Yeah, this is bad. They're terrible drivers. Uh, yeah, you don't burn through them, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a segment, a recurring I mean, it's segment. A whole segment. Oh, yeah. Um, All right, fine. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention the terrible driving. They're not good drivers. Um, they go way too fast on like very narrow two lane roads and like ten miles under the speed limit on the highway. So just and the they... same speed, no matter the size of the road, pretty much. Yeah, I guess so. It's like it's like fifty five <laughs> everywhere. Yep. Yeah, it is sort of, like, yeah, I guess that's it. They go one speed. Um, all yep. the roads are built that, like, it's hard to turn on them and people make bad turns and no one walks here. And so the drivers are very disrespectful of pedestrians and I don't like them. Abby, how many times have you been splashed uh, by a car in the rain? Um, three times, all while having a baby with me. So Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that part's not great. Yeah. That sounds really fun. Yeah, that's um, Abby's Pennsylvania Grapes. <laughs> I want some theme music for that. All right, I can probably do that. I'll, I'll throw that in in post. Your Keystone Grapes? Keystone yeah. Day Grapes? Cool. The Commonwealth of Complaints? Nice. Well, thank you guys uh, for it being the the experimental mice so to speak and <laughs> 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 doing a remote podcast with recording with this new setup that is needlessly complicated yeah thanks for figuring out the needlessly complicated part of it so we can come in and do this because we yes, miss everyone yeah. hello fancy friends we miss you we do miss you and jen you keep Christmas. walking back and forth in the background and it's really freaking me out so stop it
Jen is currently um so Lily's getting a big girl bed. She's so grown up. Aw, Lily. And so uh we had to make room for the big girl bed in the playroom. So we had to move out the enormous wardrobe thing that had all like let's say 60 board games that we have in it uh and slide that across our long apartment into our bedroom which does not have room for a giant piece of new furniture and then uh put together the bed and and get that ready and then put all the board games back into the giant wardrobe thing so jen i believe when you see her walking back and forth has been uh, steadily making dozens of trips to reload the wardrobe with all the board games that go in there. And, Thanks, uh, Jen. I have not enjoyed this experience, and I feel like we've jumped right in a little foolhardy. We could have could have talked a little more. Could have could have maybe uh, done it differently. I am sad. Just I'm keep so Lily sad. in the crib. No. Forever. I it's not a matter of that. I want her to do that. I want to get her big girl bed, and and I think we've done a good job hyping her up for the idea of it. But it's just like such a pain. It's like there's I, I am a very slovenly person. I'm fine with with untidiness and messes. Um, but I do not. I, the thing I can't handle the most is like a, a cluttered floor that makes me unable to walk like in a path. And so with like furniture and boxes and board games and crap everywhere, like I can't walk anywhere right now. And we kicked up all this dust and I'm sneezing and I didn't sleep enough. And I'm watching all these scary movies. <laughs> and it's just really unpleasant oh, overall. And the our bedroom is like so cramped because of this giant thing. It's very unpleasant. So anyway, uh, that sucked. And that's what Jen is working on while I talk to my friends. So I guess I got the better end of the deal. <laughs> I mean, you did get the better end of the deal. But anyway, Aww. that's what's going Aww. on with us. Keep on it. You're doing a really good thing though. So having a bed big it's like bed. we're like we're like yeah. giving to charity or something like yeah, you, guys, <laughs> you guys are really uh, you have a big heart giving lily a bed instead of keeping her in a crib her whole life i mean you could like get her a hammock so next year you probably should get her a hammock that'd be so much cooler it You're is a, a convert- it's a convertible crib we could have just like taken off the crib part of it but then she'd be in a tiny bed so she got a real bed that yeah. is like way nicer than my bed <laughs> pillows <laughs> way nicer than my pillow and all of it is like chemical free so she is way healthier than my bed and my pillow and she's gonna live to be 200 and she's gonna be good very job. well rested run the whole world by mm-hmm. as i said you're doing a really good thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, what I, what more... oh, go ahead. with the midterms what do you think's gonna happen do you want to make a prediction patrick i mean i think it is i think the consensus and i don't see a reason to go against it, is like it'll be the Democrats will take over the House mildly, comfortably, even though it takes a lot of work. It's not like a guaranteed, but I think they will do enough, work hard enough to take over the House, but will uh, narrowly not take over the Senate. And it'll be like, you know, about the same still in the Senate afterwards. How about you guys? I'm hoping for that. I think red wave. I think it's going to be a red wave. Are you serious? Yeah. No. That's what it sounds like in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, I mean, again, Pennsylvania grapes. <laughs> you gotta, save, gotta save those, gotta save those. Yeah, sorry, sorry, don't have to say that.
No, I also, I, mean, I, I obviously hope they take the house. I would love them to take both. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I have not been thrilled by the recent news. I feel like people are getting a little distracted, a little complacent, which is kind of what happened a little while ago, about two years, if you remember that. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah. I felt I was more nervous about the presidential election than average, and I'm still feel okay about the House, I think. Okay. This election, All right. Personally. I'm not a professional or a psychic, so don't count on me. You guys get out there, turn out the vote. Don't don't just count on it happening. I'm not good. Okay, we will. Don't don't get lazy because of my small amount of confidence. <laughs> I'm glad you have a good instinct about this. It's just actually I trust your instinct more than I trust Trump's instinct on science. So uh, <laughs> well, thank, that's a, such high yeah. praise. Yeah. It is. It really is. Oh, and I, um, Patrick, I know you'd love this. I listened to another podcast the other day that mentioned, yet again, that only 25% of Americans believe in evolution. Ugh, so, that's true. I know. It's actually 20% if you consider it to be real evolution. So instead of like, yeah, there's some evolution, but still God made some of these people and monkeys. No. So 20%, there you go. That's bad. Uh, I saw a headline. I did not click on an article, but it said like, Somebody said that they think humans will evolve to just have like one big floppy toe or something like that. <laughs> like like, like one, I think like for the whole, I think it is like a toe for your, on your foot. That's just like all the way across the foot or something like that. Like you don't need, you know, flexible digits on your toe for the purpose of like running and balancing and stuff. But I think whoever said that is stupid because we don't have isolated human populations that will uh, allow for much variation. Oh, that's true. And evolution. Yeah. Like it's it is hard to have concerted evolution when there is like essentially one gene pool. And so I don't I don't think it's happening. Um, I think also to say that we would default to that is different than saying there's an advantage that would come from having one toe. I don't know why those people would breed better than the five toed people. Yeah, I mean, I could be vastly misrepresenting the actual thing because I just saw a headline. I did not click on it, but you mentioned evolution, so I just wanted to point it out. I I'm glad you pointed that out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find toes. that. I want to learn. The Cyclops toes, the Ninja Turtle <laughs> toes. Hoffman <laughs> does have a really big, uh, big toe, so maybe he's he's almost there. He's, he's almost there. He's he's one generation further towards only one toe. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank Happy you. Halloween. Happy, Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It's some candy. Halloween 2018. Scary Gary and Scabio. Older guys. Pads. Look at this Hulk. What did I. Oh, man. How about Hulk? Hulkergeist. Hulkergeist. Word. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Gary, you're not going to say bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>